everybody, and welcome back to Point of Origin, episode 28, the show where, I mean, honestly, it just kind of proves that the little gray men have exactly zero interest in probing your ass. That's just, that's what I go through. <laughs> that's what I tell myself. I mean, to be fair, we find out later that, like, I mean, maybe not the ass probing, but, um, <laughs> the, the other stories are probably to be blamed from Loki. Sorry, I didn't realize how much I needed to, uh, not needed, not needed, no. <laughs> oh, poor choice of words. Uh, no, I didn't realize how much humor would be involved with hearing, oh, uh, maybe it was, maybe, it was, I think it was a two-point punch, honestly, it wasn't just hearing, it was seeing it somehow come out of your mouth, <laughs> the, the words anal probing. Ugh, okie dokie. But I'm sure all of the stories... Of um, abductions of the little gray men are to be blamed by uh, Loki, which I don't think we even meet this episode. Probably. Oh fuck me! I have no idea. I have no. That's a good question. I don't think we do. I feel like it's just Odin. Okay, this this or Thor is it? Is it? Because I know that's Thor's hammer, but I can't remember. Is it Odin? They're always talking to Thor. How do I not remember? Pretty sure it's Thor. Pretty sure it's Thor. Because it's just isn't that the one voiced by? Daniel? Shanks, yeah. yeah. It's weird for me to think that, like, the, the leader that they're always talking to is not the leader of Asgard. Yeah. It's like, why are you... Ow. I know Thor's probably a slightly more recognizable name, but it's like, Thor's definitely not a leader. What are you... <laughs> I mean, Marvel would tell you otherwise, but... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, except he abdicated at the end, because he's not a leader. Whatever. <laughs> I'm Liz. I'm Mel. And we didn't take 15 minutes to introduce ourselves this time. Yay! Yay. Sorry, I just have to say it this time because I'm so proud of ourselves. Yeah. On that note. uh, (laughs) That was... Well, listen. Okay, so what that really means is that we are going to be watching episode 6 of season 2 today, Thor's Chariot. And the summary for this episode... (laughs) Could you sound more dead inside? (laughs) Listen, I just woke up, and we're watching a Catherine Powers episode. Aw, uh, shit, I totally forgot. Dude, yeah. And I don't Asgard is always is Catherine. Problem. <laughs> Asgard is always Catherine, because she wrote the first one. See, that's a fucking problem. The SG-1 team travels to the planet of Chimera. 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 Yeah, Chimera. I just feel like it should be. And I know there's no H after C, but it still right. looks like it should be Chimera. Samaria. The SG-1 team travels to the planet of Samaria to protect it from a massive gold attack, but they are quickly outnumbered and out overpowered. Can they solve an ancient Samarian riddle in time to save the planet and themselves? Ugh. There's another dramatic dot 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 there. It's just not at the end, it's right before the... As Grammarly is often telling me, the ellipses are unnecessary. <laughs> yeah. Well, this... I too suffer from melodramatic typing syndrome. To be fair, these were all written before Grammarly existed. It's the only allowance I'm giving these writers. I seems like you know, like that was awfully, that. Uh, that was awfully generous of you there. I know. Yeah. So <laughs> it's gonna be a more sedate episode compared to our last week I because mean, there's not too much to get excited about. Yeah, with it's, it's, Power. <laughs> right? And it's not like I really this one doesn't stand out to me in my memory. Not because like it's bad, but literally in the terms of like it just seems like a middling episode, honestly. 
Which well, is weird, considering how it's the introduction, well, the official introduction, yeah. that is, of the Asgard. So you'd think I could be more of a thing, but... Well, it's like when I told I you nothing. when we came in, I'm like, okay, what episode are we watching today? And then I looked at the title, and I was like... Blink, blink, blink. I don't remember what happens here at all. At all. Yeah, that took and me And I've sec. watched season two how many times? And I still don't remember this episode. Yeah, it's weird. But I guess... Like, see, um, what, what may come. Yeah. Alright, we do it? Yeah, we're cool. gonna go watch it, and we'll be back in a minute to talk about it. Alright, so that wasn't as terrible as it could have been. Yeah. It wasn't a terrible experience, period. I'm surprised, but, okay, I don't know. It's not like I'm surprised, it's just, again, I, this, this episode just does not stand out to me. No. In my memory. Even really after does. seeing it now, I'm like, okay, what's it about? I'm like, uh. You know why it doesn't stand out? Because nothing fucking happens. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's honestly just a way to kind of continue building up the continuity for Jolinar. So that way, when the Togo get introduced, like honestly, the show's and good honestly, about continuity. We didn't but... need this whole episode for that one minute yeah. scene. Nah, it's, it's a filler episode, honestly. It, it's supposed to be more of like a story <laughs> conclusion type thing or continuance. And I, I don't know. I just feel like, in terms of a vehicle for introducing, okay, so I did get it wrong earlier. I said that it was um, the first time they mentioned by name. It's not the first time they mentioned by name. It's the first time that we see them in person, like what they actually look yeah. like. However, in terms of like, like I'm saying here, a vehicle for doing that introduction. I mean, I don't know. I feel like there are other ways of doing it. No, yeah. I'm not saying it had to be like a Knox type episode, but I just feel like it could have been a middle ground yeah. between this and that. That's the thing, because like I said Split at the, the end, difference. and we'll get there. Like I said at the end, like. They have to come up with a reason for why this episode means nothing right now. <laughs> and it's like, you could have just waited for this episode to have happen later. Yeah, I got nothing for you. If the, if the implications of, of what would actually happen from what should have happened from the end of this episode were too soon, mm-hmm. then you should have waited to have this episode. Yes, we needed to go back and actually resolve what happened after they fucking destroyed Thor's hammer. Right. But. But. <laughs> there's no reason that the gold couldn't have found out about it later. They've been told this planet is protected this whole time. Why would they go back and check randomly? It could have happened later. There's no reason for this to happen so soon. Only for them to have to come up with a bullshit answer at the end for why it doesn't, it doesn't advance any of the plot yet. I have no arguments. <laughs> Literally none. Yeah. So, like, yeah, I guess we'll just get to it. <laughs> um, Sound, again, so thrilled. I know. Uh, well, that's because uh, I'm always thrilled when the writer of this episode shows up, Catherine Powers. Sensing a thread of sarcasm there. She didn't have a chance to be sexist in this one. Honestly, I... I... You're not... I... I... I yes. I, once again, I have the arguments. <laughs> It's a very long, complicated way of saying, yeah, you're right, honestly. She still she, can't write for I can't Sam, think. though. She has Sam except for like one real quip. dumb things. Yeah, except for like one quip in the beginning. <laughs> but was that was that her, or was uh, that Amanda tapping? I, I don't know. <laughs> the world may know now. Yeah, unless we ask Amanda tapping and she remembers. <laughs> um, the director, I don't think we've seen this guy before. Uh, let me double check. I wouldn't recommend his choppy brand of, uh... Yeah, it's not good. Ugh, god, the editing was shit. Oh, 
Oof. Cut, 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 cut. Yeah, I don't... It's like, they're running through some trees, man. This is unnecessary. I don't know if we've seen this guy before, but the director is William Garrity. Oh, I know. Garrity sounds familiar. Let me me look. You showing up... Control F. Oh, yes, Control F. Oh, he just seems to work with Captain Powers. No! Enigma, Enigma, Enigma. I don't know what Enigma is either. (laughs) (sighs) Her episodes are so forgettable. What was Enigma? Um... Oh, that was the Tolan. Oh! How did I forget Tolan? I like the Tolan, I even t- though she wrote it. I think we repress it every time it's a good episode. <laughs> that would explain the weird worship angle, though, that he has for her. Yeah. I think we probably covered that when we watched it. It's true, yeah. Okay. I, you know, I don't remember the directing pissing me off in that episode. There wasn't, there wasn't that much going on. It was all... There wasn't much going on here! <laughs> okay, you say that, but there was a lot of, like, action and going through the woods and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Enigma almost took entirely place inside SGC. So there's not as much yeah, yeah, yeah. opportunity right. yeah. to do dumb things. I mean, I don't know. Give somebody the room and a rope, they'll figure it out. Yeah, it just, it wasn't, neither of us were impressed with the uh, directing here. At the beginning, there's some unnecessary dramatic um, zoom-ins on people's faces to make a scene that really does not feel tense at all. They're trying to make it feel tense. And yeah. he does that by just zooming in on everyone's faces individually where they all look a little worried. And it's like, and afterwards I even pause it. I'm like, what was the problem? It's because it's so much bark. You forget about the bite. Yeah. But yeah, so uh, not not impressed with either of their showings. I mean, like I said, Captain Powers isn't sexist this episode, but that's a low bar. <laughs> yeah, such a low bar. It's rough when we have to say that about the only female writer on this show so far. It's rough. And I'm not, like, obviously, internal misogyny exists. Like, right. there's no getting around that. But it's just rough when one of the worst showings of sexism we've had in this show so far is from the female writer. Yeah. <laughs> No, it's just like, I mean, I don't want to name her because I don't, there's no reason to spread hate. She's a romance novelist, and uh-huh. she's very successful. And so, just by default, I feel like I should have to say, I'm pro- I, there's a good chance I'm like, I'm an idiot here, right? Yeah. I, and I'm just wrong. But I don't really have that. I used to, my mom read her. Mm-hmm. So I just, you know, would read the books left behind. My mom didn't give a fuck about the massive M rating. <laughs> like, I mean, there that's one of the reasons why, like, there's very little shocks me in terms of, like, you know, graphic writing. Because, yeah. like, I was reading this shit at such a young age that by the time I even knew what half of that meant, I'd already read it so many times, and there, there was no punch. There was no, like, weird punch. It was just it. static noise. Yeah. So even when I learned what, like, what a blowjob actually meant, <laughs> I was like, oh, I mean, weird, but okay. <laughs> weird. <laughs> Basically. That's the asexual's response to any of that stuff. Yeah, just, uh, weird. Why would you want that? Like, Okay. <laughs> but yeah, like that was pretty much it. Anyway, the whole point of this was for the longest time I considered her like, you know, like the be all in all, honestly, of like, you know, good writing for especially for, like female characters. Yeah. And to get, don't get me wrong, it's not like she's bad. Mm-hmm. She's not like she's a bad writer and her storylines are actually pretty fucking good. Yeah. But to a point, honestly, at this point everything she's released in the last like ten years is the exact same thing because just like Stephen King, she's you know, she's in her seventies now, I think. She's been writing for a while. Yeah. It's not her fault. No. It's no. just after a while you you run out of new stories. Yeah. No. So I'm not blaming the repetitiveness nowadays. Crap. I am not blaming that one. I'm not yeah, no, that's fine. No, no. I'm not I'm not dissing that stuff. I'm just like at a certain point I realized though that basically every single female character 
honestly was like one of like four, you know, cutouts. You know, there was always the, the tough one who wore yeah. like the the leather trench coats. You know, she's a badass with short hair and she knows it. Almost always brunette, by the way. <laughs> I will say, I don't even, I know you've mentioned this writer to me before. I don't remember it. And so I don't even know who you're talking about. And it doesn't really matter because right. I don't even want to say this is really a defense to this person. Like I said, I don't know who this person is at all. But I, I remember I've had conversations with you before that even really good writers a lot of times only have, like, three women they can write. Yeah. And they'll change it up a little bit, so right. it's not always obviously right. the exact same person. Right. Yeah. But, like, because I love Neil Gaiman. Uh-huh. Neil Gaiman's got maybe three women that, types of women that he writes. Right. And he's good about, like, like I said, doing like a little bit of different right. things so that they're obviously not the same person and everything. Right. But there's always, you can see the shape right. of like three very obvious kinds right. of women right. in right. his right. stories. Right. 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 And like, I think he's a very good author. Right. But like, I guess I used to read this chick a lot and I definitely wasn't bored reading yeah. her. So it was mostly just the fact that like, they used to bug the crap into me because one thing that she was one of her biggest fucking fallbacks. First off, no matter what, all of her female characters had the backstory. No matter what, the one shared backstory was it was all wronged by a man at some point. <laughs> and it was like, yeah, c- cool. <sighs> yep, men suck. We get it. But the worst part was is that a big chunk of their, of her main characters had a sexual assault oh, as a, as a big, as a big key cornerstone of their personality. And it's like, I'm not trying to diss anybody who's a survivor. I'm not saying you aren't worthy of carrying a story and shouldn't be a member of a story or or the leader of a story. I'm just pointing out that when that's all you write, to the point of like, and I mean that as in you can't see, you're telling me that the only type of enigmatic, fractured kind of character you can write is one who's been assaulted in that way. Why can't... There's other kinds of trauma, yeah. man. Yeah, no. So it's that kind of shit where it's like, once again, I can't female writers just <laughs> always kind of falling back on the same fucking thing. It's like, yeah. it's just, it's always a sigh, don't get me wrong. But yeah. now it's like, it's, it's just, you know, it's not like she's a traitor to the species or yeah. something. It's just always a bigger sigh of just like, hmm, you're so close. Yeah. <laughs> you were like, right there. Hmm. <laughs> But yeah, so this kind of just always makes me feel the same way whenever whenever she falls into the same fucking shit mm-hmm. over and over again. However, this one actually doesn't really have any of that big side moment shit because Garowin doesn't really drive me crazy. Well, I've, I've always away. liked Garowin. Yeah, Garowin was, like, was never terrible. She that crap. So Kendra was awful, but, but she's dead. dead. So, <laughs> so I've point here. I'm like, I'm actually going into this one. You know, us. You know, recapping wise. It could have been worse. Yeah, no, it absolutely <laughs> could have been worse. It was a nothing episode, but at least it wasn't Hathor or Brief Candle or Emancipation. Nothing's worse than that fucking freeze frame. God, that freeze frame infuriates Even this me choppy this fucking day. mess. Ugh. Oh my lord. Okay, so let's actually get into this episode, because yeah. I actually have two podcasts to record today. Yeah, have fun. Yeah. <laughs> Um, the episode opens up with Sam doing a lecture about God knows what. I, I wasn't paying some, attention. It was, she was saying something about, like, there's another planet. Oh, the planet. secret project. Sorry, she's mentioned the secret project. She's mentioning a planet to some peefy whatevers. Peefy. Peefy. <laughs> PF whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and she's saying that this is the most, this is the path that a global mothership would come down on the way to Earth. This planet is directly in this window. The idea is, with our technology, we can 
something that masks would leave a type of trace, and with our technology, we can track that. So basically an early warning system basically, if they come yeah, back. Yeah, it's so not a warning okay. Yeah, so what I like is because it's like a, a real-world a real version of tracking a, a warp field wake from, like, Star Trek. Uh-huh. So I was, a uh, Okay. I was I, thought, I was ready for you to explain it because I remember you saying some the warp field like, yeah, wake. I was like, okay, field cool. Field I can rely on her to explain this. I know nothing about the physics of it in real life. I don't. I don't even know of our real world applications for that shit today, or human ninety eight standards versus today's. I got nothing. All I know is the twenty fourth century, you know, sci fi version, and it's equivalent enough that that fuck it. Yeah, I was I was relying on you to explain that one because I was like I was Hammond in that scene where Hammond in that scene when she's giving the lecture, he just looks so blank faced. <laughs> He's like, I'm gonna need a translation of this later. Right, yeah. <laughs> Hammond visibly didn't understand what she was talking about at all. But yeah, whatever that whatever that outpost is called whatever that thingy is, it's called Seeker Project, apparently, according okay. to the whatever she said. She said Seeker. The word that fell out of her mouth was Seeker. I don't know if it ever comes up again. I have to think it does. I, I need it to, otherwise this is the dumbest one-time use of something that could potentially make so much fucking sense for later use. It would. But I don't of, remember it. Yeah, in terms of unused potential, that'd be like the Christo, Christo of this show. It took him 14 years to get back to freaking Christo. Yeah, they used it so much in the first two no, seasons. they used it once on the plane. That's true, yeah. And they never fucking use it again until Jack fucking uses it in goddamn season 14. Wow, when it happened, really? I made this little screechy choking noise and Eric was like, what? And I'm like, that's the first fucking time I've heard him use it! That was a joke for years online. It was always like, hey, remember that one word that we know works? <laughs> Oh, uh, good times. Okay. Okay. So back to the actual episode. What? Nah. Um, so yeah, she does her lecture. Hammond stares blankly. Uh, then we get some unauthorized dialing, and it's like the, the blares, and yeah, everyone, like always, they go and stand right in front of the gate. I don't understand. Well, I'm guessing it's the idea of, let's say it's one of their teams, it's somebody there, like, you know, to be there um, yeah, upon entry for, like, debrief or, like, assistance if they need it. If it's first contact for some fucking reason, somehow that works with, on IDC, then they're there for first greeting. SG-1 wouldn't be the ones doing that. Though. I'm aware. I'm just <laughs> trying to desperately think of reasons why it's There's less no stupid. There's no reason. It's so I'm trying to be devil's advocate today, but it's, it's too dumb. Yeah. It's so they can have the dramatic no, zoom in on everyone's faces as they stare at the gate in worry. It's like, yeah, you've got the freaking yeah, you lens. Did, you'd You're be fine. behind the safety glass. You'd be behind yeah, they the would. safety glass. But no, they're all, not. they're all in the front. The, yeah. the reception room. There's radiation coming through there. You don't know that. And, uh, and they just all stare at the gate with the lens closed really dramatically while the klaxons are blaring and then it, it goes, it's done and the lens opens again and, it's, and that's the moment where I paused the show and looked at you and went, what just happened? Right? <laughs> like, it was so hard because it, it was weird. Um, <laughs> there was so much gravitas in the shots that it really did make it confusing to see what was going on. Like, in terms of paying attention to yeah. the details, but yeah. So they were getting a dial in from Samaria, and something came from Samaria, and because there was no IDC, and we don't know Samaria yet, uh, or no, maybe we do, because we know where the no, we go. came from. Yeah, yeah. But either way, they, something impacts the fucking iris, and they go, what? And that's it. I don't think they actually know until they go yeah. into the briefing. Because yeah. yeah. I don't yeah. think, like, they can yeah. look back later yeah. and be like, oh, later. this came later. Yeah. But yeah, at the basically, moment they don't know after that unnecessary dramatic scene, <laughs> they all go into a briefing to discuss what the 
fuck just happened, which is good because uh, they couldn't do it through narrative framing. <laughs> well, I mean, they did have to, you know, go test the box and, or sorry, test the residue and yeah. see what was going on. So basically, they they say that um, nor no organic matter came through, um, so nobody tried to come through. But there is residue that they figure out must match the uh, box that they had given to the people of Samaria to give to Thor. Yes. So they're like, okay, and they're like trying to figure out what that means. Like, did the Asgard like send it back to us as like some form of communication to be like, hey, come here, we want to talk to you, or what's going on? So they're like, okay, we have to go. We have to go see what's going on over there. Something's happening for <laughs> our box to be sent back to us. We need to go see. Right. So they send a mouth through and find a massacre on the other side of the gates. I just realized, wouldn't it make more sense to just kind of like, when you have like an established presence on a planet, as in you've been there, done that, and you know that you've got allies, potential allies yeah. there, wouldn't it just make more sense to like install like a camera, like those like little spike camera things? Like a GoPro of sorts, a 98 version. Just there to be activated. Because they have kind of proven they have that kind of tech. Yeah. Because it can be like remote operated. I have, and then you have to send a fucking mouth through every time. I have two reasons why they wouldn't have done that for this. One, in general. it was one of their first planets way back when. Okay, actually that's a good, that's a good enough reason right there, but yeah. Uh-huh. And two, they did leave under not great circumstances after destroying the hammer. They're eh. not necessarily... Just because... Heroin like that? Yeah, I guess, I guess. Didn't mean they were on horribly good terms with the planet itself. Yeah, As maybe. we find out later when they go talk to the other yeah, people. Yeah, it could be, could be, it could be. Yeah, you're right. But yeah, also be. just the fact that it was a very early on planet originally yeah. when they went through. It could be. So they go, they see, they find that like a whole bunch of the residents are dead and there's at least one dead Jaffa there as well. Yeah. And Garowin is there cradling one of the dead people. I think it's just um, Garowin, by the way, not Garowin. Garwin? Just Garwin. Yeah. Garwin. Okay. Garwin um, is, like, creating one of the dead people and asking for help to the mouth. Yeah. Like, she figured it out at least enough to be like, oh, this is probably... Which is interesting, because you know they never saw the mouth before. Didn't they, didn't they send the mouth the first time they came through? Yeah, but I, they weren't at the gate when the mouth was sent through, were they? Well, I think they were. I think they were. I think they were at some point. I feel like they we do. don't. Here's the thing: we don't see any of that. We just see Maybe, the team go I, through. I, I feel like they do, though. I feel like we do. I feel like we do. Not people. They don't, people don't come out until they come out. And no, I meant like later scenes. I, I'm pretty sure they've seen them out. Maybe I don't think we see one in that episode at all. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure we do. I, I could be wrong. I'm not saying I'm, I am. I just I feel like we do. Anyway, I don't know. What's up? It, it's another yeah. Catherine Powers. They're forgettable. They're forgettable episodes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, she's asking for help. So like, okay, we got to go through. Obviously, mm-hmm. right. And Hammond's like, is it obvious? So, as they're, like, planning to leave, like, they, they see the video and they go back up to the briefing to, like, decide to go through or whatever. Establish that they're going through. Yeah. Um, and Daniel decides to give an unnecessary language lesson about, yeah, she said the Ettons, and they call the Ettons, the go- uh, they call the Gold the Ettons. Uh, so obviously the gold are attacking them now because we broke their hammer. And it's like, we didn't need the whole Ettens thing. We saw Jaffa in the image. Yeah. <laughs> like, any other time I would have appreciated a language lesson if there was a point in it. But we saw Jaffa in the video. <laughs> Whatever. So they're basically like, we have, to go, we have to go through and help. We broke the hammer. And, and Hammond... Who must be the fucking gamekeeper again for how out of character he is in this scene is like, is this really any of our business? 
I mean, and I guess he's team, kind of in the interest of the American military there, as best he can. Except this is already season two, Hammond, who would absolutely have been like, yeah, especially because we've already been here before and interfered with them before. That's the thing. It would be one thing if it was a totally new planet that came asking for help or whatever. It is a planet you've already interfered with. You have no leg to stand on to be like, oh, a prime directive nonsense or whatever. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. And, of course, the team's like, yeah, it is our business. We broke their hammer. That was their prime defense against the gold. Right. And there's a great bit where, like, each of them line up in in, in order to be like... I was the one who ordered it to be destroyed. I was the one it had to be destroyed to save. I'm the one who shot it. And then Sam stands up, walks up, and goes, and I was, I was there. there. <laughs> he was, like, oh, kind of, like, nervous. Like, yeah, I, was, I was there. No, I do like that, like, there, this show, this show in general will have moments like that where, like, you can't have the response, you don't have enough responsibility to distribute to all four members. Right. So one of them just happens to be there. But, like, they're all part of it. And so I like that this show will actually, like, call it out. Like, yeah, and I, I was there. <laughs> Other a, shows wouldn't have the humor to call out that. Yeah, they yeah. would just have it happening. Even when it's cliched, I still like it. So, <laughs> yeah. Good. So, yeah, they go through. They find Gerwin on the other side. Um, she tells them that Kendra promised they would be back. And explains about the invasion in really, like, old-fashioned ways. And I will say one thing I do appreciate about um, Samaria and the whole setup of their their culture and everything is that we get a really explicit um, portrayal of why the gold go around using, like, god names and everything. Mm -hmm. And even, like, the Asgard or, like, the god names or whatever. Because for these races that are less advanced... What they're doing, their actions they're doing, look like actions of gods. Right, fire and in the heavens, exactly. as she put it. Mm-hmm. And she like she describes the invasion in ways that you would describe an act of God, of an attack from God, and whatever. Yeah. And I do appreciate that. You don't see that a lot in this show, despite the fact that we have a lot of less advanced races that they run into. We don't get a lot of explicit narrative outlining that difference in perception. So, I do appreciate that. That was actually pretty good. Yeah, no, yeah. again, no arguments. Mm-hmm. And she explains that Kendra told Garwin to throw the box through to get their attention. Yeah. Which was smart thinking on Kendra's bo- part. Oh, yeah. Like, they wouldn't know that the lens is there. Right. They would think that they probably thought the box would just go through. Sail through. Yeah. But thankfully, like, they were still able to test it and be like, hey, that's our box. Hey. So it worked. And... Then we see a very bad CGI gold attack ship. That was... I mean, they had a lot of CGI that episode, so they had to... Distribute it. Yeah, yeah, they had to divvy it out accordingly. (laughs) High priority. That was only a... It was a momentary thing. Yeah. I'm trying to be on their side, but it was... It was was, was, real bad. It was real bad. Because they had, like... the, the, The pyramid was, like... Forming its point. Yeah, it, and it I was don't bizarre. think I've ever seen this happen to these ships before, and I don't know what it's supposed to be doing, but like it building it out looked real bad. It, it, it was interesting. It was real bad. Like I said, it was for 20 seconds and they knew it. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, so the team gets really poorly ambushed by a Jaffa group. Which pissed me off when it happened. I was like, guys, you had the element of surprise. How did you miss, and how did you miss so terribly? Because they're stormtroopers. Yeah, but, I mean, come on. Yeah, they bad. didn't even have the excuse of their helmets being on. Exactly. So bad peripheral yeah, vision. Yeah, no, man. Bullshit. No. Yeah, they're just real bad. Okay. Oh yeah. So they they run, uh, and they actually split off into two groups. It's um, Daniel, Sam, and Gerwin on one group, and Jack and Teal with another group, which sets the precedent early because that's the groups that keep splitting off this whole episode. Yeah. No, that's um, this is just more of the same in a good way. Yeah, and we follow Jack and Teal through a poorly filmed chase scene through the woods. Dude, man, it's so fucking chopped. So many cuts. Cut, 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 cut. It's like, you're running through some bushes. We get it. Jeez. Here's the thing. Calm thyself. Filming a chase through woods like that would have been a good opportunity to show good directing skill. Like, filming from a distance through, like, branches of trees. Or, like, really good long shots. Or, no... No, the opposite. We got a million like, At cuts. least with the pyrotechnics that came about at one point, it was obvious they were using the same shot a few times, but that's just because you can only do so many pyrotechnics yeah. with a stunt guy. I get that. Yeah. It's still, you know, yeah, it's obvious, but it's, like, better. Yeah, so we get a bad chase scene, and then um, we go to Sam and Daniel and Gerwin, who are... Like sneaking along instead, because it was Jack and Teal leading the main party off. And there's a great part where, like, they start to, they hear noises out in front of them, and they start to, like, hide behind some bushes. And Daniel's the first behind the bushes because you can visibly see that Michael Shanks, like, clearly almost trips and face plants. He recovers quickly enough that he manages to make it look like Daniel's just ducking behind a bush. (laughs) But it's like, ooh, you almost bit it there, buddy. I mean, hey, recovery. That's all yeah. that matters. <laughs> I tell myself all the time. <laughs> I'm okay. Um, like a cat. I meant to do it. And the noise winds up being Teal'c and Jack. So the group reunites. Which is good, because Garon's attack was shit. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, but like the person who choreographed that, I don't blame her. I blame the person who choreographed that. Yeah, yeah. In the sense of, I don't know what she was trying to do, but she definitely wasn't trying to use that sword, because the way she was attacking meant that the, ba- the best she was going to do was give him a good old wonk, <laughs> bonk, to the a cheekbone, wonk. maybe. Because if she had actually wanted to hit him with said sword, she would have been at a very different angle and doing an actual wide stroke. It would have, oh, actually, yeah. it would have not been handle hitting his head, it would have been blade hitting his head. But no, 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 no. She would have had to have a dagger to have swung at how yeah. close they were. No. And she wasn't, like, going for, like, a purposeful bonk on the head. No. Like, this wasn't, like, a knocking out maneuver. This was a not well done yeah. attempt at a quick scene. <laughs> uh, but they get taken to a place where, um, I guess, because I don't know if they actually, it didn't look like they actually buried anyone there. It looked like it was more just a... So there was nothing that said that Kendra had to, that, like, had just given the box to her, like, that day or something. Yeah. She could have given it to her days ago, and then she planned out, you know, a, a, a mission to get the box to yeah. the gate. So on. So Kendra could have died at any point during this last bit. I, um, honestly assumed it was a grave, but you're right. It could have been a memorial. It looked like it a grave. It looks like a memorial. Uh, I, I, I honestly didn't like put that much that. Um, well, she I just focused okay. more on the shit on top of the headstone. I will say it looked like a memorial because of the fact that she specifically said this was where Kendra and her family lived. Could be right, yeah. And it, and basically, the point is, 
Kendra's dead. <laughs> yep. Um, and there's a basket of, like, her belongings, uh, two of which are gold hand devices. Mm-hmm. One of them, um, the weapon one, and one of them, the healing device. And while um, Garwin is explaining that, like, Kendra's dead, half their population is dead now, Sam is playing with the hand device weapon. Just randomly. She has no reason to put this well, on, but I she had, does. I got the um, impression, actually, that it was more like that thing that she's been doing. Like where she intuition. Well, yeah, like, like kind of like, like something's taking over and yeah. instincts left over. Is, no, you know, I, I, I get the it. Because she like, all of a sudden gets very purposeful yeah. in her movements. Oh, so all of a sudden she's not really playing with it, she's mm-hmm. putting it on. Like, this is an old maneuver. Yeah. It's more of that, like, um... Well, I was just thinking it was residual memory from Jolinar. Yeah, because I was thinking, because there's a whole thing about the um, the gold themselves, the the larva, uh, just having like that, this the race memory. The genetic, genetic memory. Genetic memory. That's, I couldn't think genetic. I was like, yeah, what genetic word memory. are we looking for? <laughs> so, so it's probably some element of yeah, that. Exactly. Yeah. Over. But yeah, she puts that on while they're talking and manages to actually turn it on. And she's like, I didn't do this on purpose. I don't know what's <laughs> happening. So they decide to try and test it, and she tries to use the healing device next, and doesn't manage to, but I'm pretty sure she takes it with her. Yeah, they definitely do, because uh, uh, Jack makes a point, but he says, grab that, let's go. Yeah. Um, so they do take it with her, and they figure out, Daniel points out that um, previous hosts must be able to use the devices. Like Kendra. Yeah. Exactly, like Kendra. And we've we've already seen examples of that, so, like, that's not a surprise yeah, no. at all. And we've already, like, you know, for example, talked about in a previous episode, our theory about Linnea being yeah. a previous host. So this is, yeah, this is not new. They're just actually saying it Yeah, they're putting it all now. specifically to voice, just mm-hmm. in case. Uh, and then they go to see the rest of the survivors, and I have it in my notes as some Chad calls Garwin a woman. <laughs> Yeah, he's he's close. I don't know if that man has a name. I just call him Chad through this whole set of notes. I'm down with Chad. Long hair Chad. Yeah. Uh, and clearly blames SGC for the gold, which... Yeah. Calling him long hair Chad. Yeah, that's fair enough. But like, yeah, it is kind of their fault. The gold are theirs. No, it 100% like, is. He's, he's rightfully angry. To yeah. be fair, like, Aaron doesn't try to defend that. She just says, and they're the ones that are going to fix it. Yeah, exactly. So, so he folds quickly. And, and she doesn't have a better plan. Yeah, and leads Teal'c and Jack to, um, basically, like, spy on them, I guess? Yeah, uh, recon. Yeah, recon. Uh, he doesn't seem very secretive. I don't know why they sent him, of all people. Uh, I guess he was their stealthiest guy left alive. <laughs> Oof. That's rough. And while they're doing that, Sam and Daniel learn about the Hall of Thor's might yes. from Garwin. Uh, and think that it might be a weapon to combat the gold, which is fair. Based on might, yeah. (laughs) The language there, why not? Hammer struck the gold down. Why wouldn't might also do something like that? And then we go back to Jack and Teal'c, where I, okay, credit to Catherine Powers. She's clearly done more research on mythology for this episode than she did for Brief Candle. Because mm-hmm. you remember how mad I was at her for Brief Candle because the system lord there wasn't even a fucking god. He was a demigod at best yeah. and not even really that. <laughs> and I was like, and and what? And his story has nothing to do with what's happening at Brief Candle. I don't understand why you chose this name. All of, all of my frustration from that episode, she actually went so far as to be like, to point out, oh, hey, those are the same bird heads that Ra had. Why do they have the same ones? And they actually explain, yeah, that's Horus, and Horus was a guard 
uh, guardian guard of Ra, which if you remember all the way back when we did the movie, I was like, why does Ra have Horus guards? Horus and Anubis guards? I don't understand. I was like, this doesn't make any sense. And I was like so bothered by it. Now the show is there you said. go. It's because it's just in their hierarchy that Horus serves Ra. And Horus is here because this is Harrower, and Harrower is Ra's son. Ra and Hathor's son. So I'm actually incredibly, this is like probably my favorite part of this episode, is that she actually not only like ties together all of the other little elements of system lords that we've seen in the past, but like explains why Ra in the movie had Horus No, it's, guards. it's a nice little tie-up, yeah. I deeply appreciate that. Chad gets caught. Shocker. Shock. Um, and Jack and Teal like duck down in the grass and set, get ready with their, their silenced guns and basically take out all the Jaffa and manage to get him away. For some reason, Harrower a, a, came out himself to deal with one yeah, it, guy. Yeah, if they hadn't like literally just established through Teal that he is a mighty system lord, it would have it's, it's weird that he did come out yeah. himself. I don't know. It seemed like a weirdly hands-on he approach. He also clearly wants to be a pirate. <laughs> yeah, those gold hoop earrings. <laughs> and his facial hair. He really Bad wants guy to go be tea, a pirate. Yeah. Bad guy goatee for the win. Yeah, he's out there himself to deal with incursions for some reason. Because he's got his like shield again, like Apophis does. And there is a good moment when they manage to grab the guy, because they lay out all the Jaffa. They don't manage to hit Harrower, obviously, because he's got the shield. But it's enough for them to grab Chad and start to run off, and Jack's further ahead, like, supporting Chad and dragging him off. Uh, and Teal'c stops just long enough to shoot at the one staff that's on the ground before Harrower can grab no, it. No, that's smart. He's, yeah. My, my note on that was literally smart boy Teal'c. <laughs> yeah. I do love that he takes a moment longer even after that to just stare Harrower down. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. It's good. It's honestly in character because he doesn't like these, these system lords. No, man. These false gods. It's also like a, hey, that's right, bitch, get, one, get a good glimpse at me. Uh-huh, exactly. It's good. I, I appreciated that moment. That was that was a dramatic pause that I was like, okay, you've earned that one. <laughs> that one is less egregious. Yeah. And then uh, they find out that the Stargate is now under guard because Harrower is like, oh, there's people over here helping that came through the gate. Let's not let them go back through. Because he's at least a smart system lord, even if he weirdly decided to come out to deal with one small incursion himself. I right, yeah. I, I will never not be bothered by him being out there. It was probably just to establish him for later shit, but it was out of place. Yeah. Like I mean, a lot of had, things in this episode. Because there was no other way we would have ever seen Harrower than in that scene. Right, yeah. No. Oh, you know what? It's so we would know that he escapes later on. Yeah, because yeah, just yeah, establishing yeah. him. Yeah. Okay. So they get back, and <laughs> Daniel is still not wearing his glasses. <laughs> it's because they're a headband. They're serving their other purpose. There's no way that Michael Shanks didn't just hate his season one, season two glasses. There's no other explanation because by season three he starts wearing his glasses again. I mean, yeah, I, yeah, I, yep. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so there is a great moment where um, Daniel's like, well, maybe we just hide, hide out for a little while, wait for things to calm down. And he looks like things will not calm down. They will, in fact, <laughs> calm up. <laughs> yep, yeah, no, and you had a good point about how, like, subtle pepper and shit is much better in terms of uh, alien not understanding than just constant 
Yeah, when it's, dropping. when it's it, when it's a minor misunderstanding of an idiom. Right. It's like, yeah, why would an alien know what calm down means? No, it makes it way. It's yeah. fair. It's completely fair. Uh, but yeah, so they're like, okay, so we have to actually do something. We have to solve this in some way. And they talk at one point about, like, oh, well, what if we use the C4 to, like, clear the way to the gate? And he's like, well, if we use all our C4 for that, we can't do anything about the attack vessels right. later, and blah, blah, blah. So they're talking both sides. Um, and Daniel's like, well, there might be something with this Hall, hall of Thor's might. Uh, Gero is telling us about it. And Jack is like, is this really the time for for myths and stories? And Daniel gives him the dirtiest fucking look. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's like, really, Jack? Really? You know you're fighting the gold who name themselves after after gods. Why would you think it's not the time to look into myths? You were here for Thor's hammer. What are you saying? This episode was a lot of people being like, is this really the... Yeah, what are you asking? What? So basically they decide to split off again in the same teams they've been doing, where Jack's like, okay, me and Teal will do the C4 plan. You and Sam go see if there's anything to this Hall of Might. So Garwin takes them off to go find this hall. And it's not a hall. It's a pillar in the middle of the woods. And Daniel's like... Is this it? She's like, yeah, what were you expecting? He's like, I don't know. A hall. (laughs) I was expecting a hall. Which is fair. Why would you call it the Hall of Might and then it's a pillar, a stone pillar in the middle of the woods? Well, to be fair, it turns out it's a transportation node. Yes, but... The people of Samaria didn't know that, and well, it's left over from the myth. It a hall. <laughs> it's left over from the myth because they know that it's a portal to the hall. I don't know. We walk right. Yeah. Um. So Daniel touches the gemstone in the middle of the pillar, and they get teleported to a hall. <laughs> yep. A dusty hall. Yeah. It's a dark hall, too, at first, and they all turn on their flashlights, and Daniel turns his flashlight to which on we take the time to mock him. Face. <laughs> It's like, it's your torch! Your finger's the one on the on switch! You had entire control over that situation! He needs to be mocked for that scene. <laughs> he literally opens, turns it on like an inch from his own eyes. It's like, Daniel, what? <laughs> it's like, do you test your gun the same way? Jesus! <laughs> oh my god. This is the episode where, like, everyone turned off their brains. <laughs> yeah. A hall of dumb. <laughs> uh, so then, uh, the same hologram that they had in the cavern with Thor's hammer, the one who uh, talked at Jack and Teal <laughs> yep. in Thor's hammer, shows up and is basically like, oh, hey, what up? This is my hall, you know? And Gary starts like, to oh, t- God, talk hi. to him, and Sam's like, that, it's a hologram. <laughs> like, we good. And it's like, Sam, how would she know what a hologram is? You could have well, said a projected recording. image. Eh. They wouldn't know what recording is either. I know, I know, I know. I don't know. I, I, you know what? A really science-minded person, I can see them, like, right. just zooming in and not thinking about the fact that this person next to me won't know what a hologram is. But, yeah, she's like, no, it's a hologram. He's he's not here. It's just pre-recorded. And they're like, okay, so we have to figure out what we're doing. <laughs> and then right when they're like, what do we do? Like, because he says that they have, to te- they have to be tested. And right when they're like, okay, what are we going to do? Suddenly, like, the room shakes. And it's definitely like the old style Star Trek where they're just shaking the camera up and down. And everyone goes, whoa. <laughs> yep. 
<laughs> to be fair, it doesn't look bad. You could just tell that's definitely what it was, since you know that that's a filming. Oh, yeah. Like, what else would you do, really? Right. No. Stargate doesn't have the money to build a room that they could shake no. them in. Yeah, no. <laughs> Not even a little bit. No. But yeah, so, and then when the shaking stops, um, there's suddenly, all the floor has given out between them and the pillar on the other side of the room, except for a narrow little strip of land, and I was like, ah, oh, so we're doing Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade yeah. now. Yep, time to, to rip off that. The penitent vanch Yes, that. yes. Which, honestly, that's exactly what, the, almost exactly what this test is, more or less. Um, so they're like, okay, we have to cross. And Daniel's like, I I don't like. I don't want to. I don't I don't like heights. Is this a bad time for me to say that? I don't I don't like them. I don't want to. And Sam's just kind of like, huh. <laughs> and so she goes out on it first, which makes sense. She's the most physically capable. It'd be good to have that person on the other end in case someone almost makes it and then starts to fall, and you'd yep. have someone who can grab you. It makes complete sense for her to be the first one, and it even makes sense for Garwin to be the next one to go. Yeah. Especially because I, I did appreciate the detail of the fact that as Garwin's crossing, Daniel is purposefully moving his flashlight to, like, lead her path on with the light. As she moves further, you see his flashlight actually move up. Yeah. Which is a good detail. Yeah. You, don't, you don't just see him doing that. You see as she moves forward, he's actually changing where the light is so that he's leading her. Uh, but, of course, as she's she gets about halfway, there's an earthquake. And she starts to fall and basically just does what you said, where you'd caterpillar. Yeah, I, oh no, I would octopus the shit out of it. Wrap myself around that and then just go shimmy, 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 shimmy. <laughs> no, no, sorry. My body would be going shimmy, 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 shimmy. The rest of me going, would be, the rest of me would be going. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, the whole fucking time. Not even kidding. She's like, Clinging onto it, like freaking out. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, and they're like, "Hey, Carolyn, you okay?" And like, you gotta get back up and get over here. And Carolyn's like freaked out. So Sam's like, "Okay, I'll come out and help you get up." And Danny's like, "No." <laughs> and I do love that he just sounds so it. upset about it, but he's still like, "I have to do it. It doesn't make any sense for you to go back again, and I have to cross anyway. Yes. So I'll go." And he, he, like, goes out, and he's, like, really gentle with, like, trying to coax her back up and everything. It's a really nice little moment. Yeah. So he's like, okay, we're gonna get you standing, you're gonna give me your hand, and he's, like, trying to just coax her through it. And then as she's putting her hand down on the beam to start to go up, of course, it's on a loose piece of rubble. Right. And it goes out from under her, and she just tips over the side, and Daniel, to his credit, just tips right after her, like, nope! <laughs> Yeah, and then, of course, you know. And then, of course, it was all a hologram as well. I like how the hologram basically is designed to make someone fall, just to see what would happen. Yeah, oh yeah, because they, they purposefully made the earthquake happen yeah. so that she would lose her yeah. balance to see if someone would risk, risk them. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, so yeah, the fact that, first of all, they were brave enough to try to cross it in the first place, because he does say selflessness and courage. Yeah. So the fact that they were willing to try that crossing in the first place, and also the fact that Sam first was willing to offer, and then Daniel actually went and did it to, like, go out there into the dangerous situation and even fall after her. Yeah. They're like, hey, you passed the first test. Yeah. That was the first test. Well done. You don't have to die today. Woo. And then he says that your next test is going to be one for wisdom, and then teleports them to a new room. <laughs> yeah, the test of runes. Yeah, um... We do break for a minute to go to uh, Teal and Jack. Team Might versus Team Brain. 
Yeah, where they're fighting the gold with Chad, uh, and this is where they use footage of the C4 explosions that they... This time, here, this time it's C4 instead of grenades. Uh, Last time they used that was footage, it was, it was a grenade. No, was he a tossed it. No, this oh, time this it was Claymore, Claymore, yeah, because okay. they, they, well, a Claymore of sorts, because it was, um, this tiny little thing on the green thing oh, on the ground, yeah, yeah, it was, like, okay. on a stand, yeah, 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 and then yeah. they covered it with some debris, so that it would be hidden. Yes, I do, do, do remember. I just said C4, because they were talking yeah, about yeah, planning C4, C4, C4. Like, yeah. But this time it's a Claymore instead of a grenade. Yeah, this is, like, a trap. But it's the same footage. Yeah. Like, just flipped. Yeah, the guy who, uh, the, the stunt guy who gets, you know, flung. Yeah. They, uh, <laughs> they, they, they shot it from a couple angles, obviously. They shot it from a couple angles, obviously, so they could use it, and then they flipped they another third time. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, plus, techniques are hard and yeah. annoying to reach, you know, to redress, and you don't want to have to make the guy do a bunch of jumps, so. No, I get it. I'm sure he's paid per jump. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't know how, I don't know how stunt work works. Honestly, it's fine. It wasn't egregious. Yeah. We just noticed. We just noticed. <laughs> and Chad gets off a really great throw with uh, a hand axe right yeah. at the end, because uh, Teal'c and Jack take care of most of the gold between, you know, the, their weapons and the, the claymores, and the Chad comes up afterwards like, hey, wow, you guys are good warriors, and then just suddenly, like, reels back his his axe and Jack and Teal'c are kind of like, what? And then flings it, and there was one surviving uh, Jaffa. Who stands there and waits for that axe to come at him. He's very polite. Yeah, he's very, very, very polite. Well, maybe gold fight using turn-based system. Oh my god. Moving on before you annoy the dad. <laughs> um, then we go back to the the Hall of Might where um, they're supposed to do their wisdom one, and it's time for stupid questions. Oh, God, um, seriously. Like they they're in this room and there's runes on the wall, and Daniel starts to like analyze them or whatever, and Sam goes, "We really have time for this right now." And it's like. Sam, what are you in here for? Yes! <laughs> it's like, it takes as much time as it takes. What do you, what, come on. Especially because he specifically said before he sent you to this room, now it's time to test your wisdom. Yes, you have time for this. This is precisely what you're here for. Yeah. And then... And then Garwin says, is Thor testing us? <laughs> to which I just went like, yes! It's a... Test! Yeah, he explicitly said he was testing you twice now, Garway. What? I don't understand. I don't understand why they thought they had to have either of those bits of dialogue. It's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? I don't want to know. I don't want to know the process that led up to that. I don't know. So yeah, that happened. Oh, man. Um, so... Daniel infers that the people... Oh, I did... Oh, so he's basically saying... Yeah, I had to read my note before I realized what the what happened here. Basically, when they say those stupid questions, Daniel says, well, this test is probably to figure out if the people coming here are actually, like, advanced enough, like, socially and mentally to use whatever weapon yeah. is in this Hall of Might. Uh, something maybe our own planet could have used. <laughs> and I love that little inference that the people who have weapons in our home, in our planet. Advanced enough before you handed the keys to the armory. Yes. Something that we could use. <laughs> it's like, cough, cough. And it's like, yeah, Daniel, you, you're saying some real shit right now, buddy. <laughs> um, so he, he looks at, there's a wall with runes, and then there's a wall with geometric shapes, and then there's a wall that with like pictograms, which honestly I figure 
There's no real description of what the pictograms are there for. I figured that was just other people who have come to the Hall of Might and have been trying to solve it. That was basically their their guesswork cheat. <laughs> they're like trying to figure it out. They're just drawing on the wall. That's what I assumed right away as soon as I saw the pictograms. Pictographs? Yeah. Pictographs, yeah. Yeah, he said those are pictographs. I was like, oh, that looks like people from Samaria were writing on the wall trying to figure this out. Yeah, it looks like finger painting. Yeah, exactly. That's why I was like, this is people from Samaria. That was not Asgard who did those. But he basically like, I don't, I don't understand. Oh, this is also where the title of this episode comes from, is when he's reading the runes. Mm-hmm. And one of the runes at the end says chariot. Yeah. Don't really... It's still a yeah, wild but, name to grab from this episode out of well, everything. Yeah, it's kind of like the concept of like when linguists, you know, are translating Asian languages and they see like a horse and they can infer that either means horse or it means movement. Yeah. Travel. So this word, in terms of like ancient Norse or whatever, maybe their word go-to was chariot. So maybe that word for movement is synonymous no. with chariot. No, I don't because know. he had, he talked about, um... Because there was one rune that he said was, like, chariot. Yeah. And then the rune next to it, he said, was horse or movement. Right, right, there you go. Yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but I just mean, like, why did they choose to name this episode Thor's Chariot? Because that was his ship, I think the joke was at the end. The ship descending was Thor's Chariot. That's what they say, anyway. Remember, it's like a throwaway line they have at the end. Oh, because they had to explain yeah. the whole thought process for the name. I bet they got to the end of this episode, and then someone was like, cool, why is it called Thor's Chariot? And they're like, fuck, let's throw something in at the end. <laughs> they had to explain at the end. Oh, no, no, remember, he's reading the runes. When he's reading the runes, he does literally say, that could mean spaceship. Okay. When he's reading the chariot room, he does mention it could mean spaceship. It's still weird for them to decide to name this episode after a thing that shows up two seconds at the end. Well, I mean, if you're gonna have, it's, it's, I'm stealing this from um, this is from uh, Cinema Sins yeah. specifically on YouTube, but to steal his uh, terminology, if you're gonna have a roll credits moment, it would make sense to have it be at the end. Yeah, <laughs> it's fine. It's just kind of like a. I feel like that's part of the reason that when we saw this episode, we're like, what's Thor's chariot? Yeah. Because it barely connects. No, you're you're not wrong. Uh, so, Daniel's basically like, I don't know what you want me to do here. You have shapes, and then you have runes, and this doesn't make any goddamn sense. And then Thor shows up, and he's like, well, I guess you're too fucking stupid to have my, my, uh... My access, so, uh, bye. <laughs> and Daniel actually more or less tells him to pause, and he does pause, which is great. He, like, literally pauses. You know, I do love that this thing has voice activated Tivo. Because he's like, wait, 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 wait a second. And then they just and it pauses. <laughs> it even makes, like, a little yeah, noise. Yeah, it literally goes brr, brr. <laughs> And you can, like, see the little ripple effect as yes. it literally freeze frames itself, and it's like, Okay, okay. We're both like, uh, why does it listen to Daniel when he said no? And it's like, because he's about to talk to himself. <laughs> that, yeah, I went, it's because he's talking to himself. It's literally voice recognition. Yes, it is. It's voice recognition. It, it's like, oh, Thor told me to stop. <laughs> it makes as much sense as anything. I challenge you. Oh, uh, okay. So he's like, he gets a pause so he can, like, think out loud while he's talking about it. And I kind of miss this. Was he... What, the numbers that he was getting from the runes, was he literally just counting the lines on the runes? So here's the thing. It's not that I was tuning out. It's that I was tuning out. 
And I forgot yeah, I was, exactly how he got to pie. I cannot remember so how he got to So each of the pie. number, each of the runes was a number. Yeah, some of the concepts. He's like, everything represents an idea, and then I lost it and, and I was pie. I was trying to figure out if that was, if it was like the number of lines? I think it was. All I remember was that it I was, uh, I spent, up until the moment he said pie, the reason why I was tuning out, as it were, is because I was too busy focusing on what the universal language is between everybody, and that is, of course, math. Yeah, which we get to. Right, but here's the thing, is I was thinking, oh, this is different than Farscape's way of doing it. And as a result, I wasn't really paying attention until he said pie, and I was like, yeah, this is definitely different, because that's not how they did in uh, Farscape. Yeah, so basically he, I, I think it has to do with how many lines were on each of the runes. That makes more sense. But I can't say for certain. So basically, however he does it, however he figures it out, Daniel winds up ascribing number values to each of the runes. Yes, yes, yes. And he says those numbers out loud, and he's like, I still don't know what that means. And Sam, thankfully, I do appreciate that the solution comes from both of them. I appreciate that the solution had to come from both of them. Daniel with him having the the language side of things, and Sam with the math side of things. So basically what he says the numbers out loud, he says three, fourteen, four, five, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He says those and he's like, I don't know what and he says that out loud again and Sam's like, three point one four five, that's pi. Uh-huh. He's like, what? And she's like, that's pi and he's like, Oh <laughs> and he's like, Okay, so how would that and she basically Oh yeah, the circumference of the it's, circle yeah, blah blah blah. It, and yeah, because he's, yeah, like, he's like representing that on the on the geometric shape. Yeah, and he's like, Oh, the circle and so they go over there and she starts saying it's the radius and blah blah blah. So it's he used tr- to determine the circumference by yeah. where the radius, yeah. And so he it's like, Oh, inside the circle is soft like sand, like you can draw on it. So he draws out a radius inside the circle. And then the sand fades away, and then there's, like, a button underneath it, and they won! They solved it! They won. (laughs) And Thor's like, hey, well done, guys! You fucking did it! And then, like, the hologram disappears, and then there's, like, a little gray alien dude, like, the the Roswell aliens, Mm -hmm. which Sam immediately points out. She's like, oh, these look exactly like the the accounts of the the Roswell alien Mm -hmm. accounts. And he starts talking um, to them, and... He says, uh, I forgot what he says, but I love German's response, because then Sam goes... Oh, actually, before that, oh, yeah. uh, we actually go back to Jack and Teal, who are starting to evacuate the survivors. That's what yeah. And that's it. It's just a quick little to show that they're starting to evacuate, or trying to get ready to evacuate. They obviously can't leave until Sam and Daniel get back, but then we go back, and, yeah, Gerwin says, she's basically asking him a question or something. Right. And Sam tries to be like, oh no, it, it's remember, a hologram. Remember, he's not really there. <laughs> he can't answer you. And I do love, somehow they managed to make this little gray alien puppet look sassy. I think right. it's in the way it like slowly closes its <laughs> yeah. eyes and just kind of goes its head. And it goes, no, jokes. I'm talking to you right now. <laughs> on the contrary, <laughs> this is actually a live transition from my quarters on my ship. And she just goes, what? <laughs> Say what? Yeah, my note here says Sam tries to say that this Thor is also a hologram, and Thor is like, think again, bitch. <laughs> think again, bitch. To be fair, technically he's a hologram, he's just not recording. My notes for this episode are very, uh, <laughs> full of personality like that. It was the only way I could keep going. But then Daniel tells Thor that the gold are here, 
And um, Thor says, that's impossible. Samaria's protected. And Daniel's like, oh yeah, our bad. It was, by the way. It's not anymore. We broke it. Yeah. And Sam's like, Daniel, and she's like, listen, if we want to get any sort of relationship with these people, we have to be honest yeah, with can, them. Yeah, can be based on a lie. Yeah. Which is very real, and I appreciate that he immediately went in with that. He's like, no, we have to, they will find out one way or another. If we're the ones that tell them, we're not going to look like villains. And he tells him, he tells him why. Yeah, he, he tells him, he says exactly why. He's like, look, we came through, we're fighting the gold, we have a defected jaw, jaw, Jaffa. Jaw. <laughs> we have a defected Jaffa on our team. In fact, I think it's a defective for a second. We have a defective Jaffa. I'm like, rude. Defected. Defected. A defected Jaffa on our team who got caught up in the hammer and we had to destroy it so he could leave. Right. And he goes, the Jaffa, they serve, they serve to go all over. And he's like, no, seriously, he's with us. <laughs> he's like, yeah, I said defected, remember? <laughs> he doesn't work for them anymore. But Thor is basically like, okay, we can't do anything about that. <laughs> My says Daniel explains Thor's hammer episode to Thor. <laughs> um, and Thor's like, okay, that's that sucks. And you guys weren't what this test was here for, so this is nonsense. But before then, Daniel's like, okay, we need your help to, like, whatever your weapon is to get rid of these guys. And Thor's like, this isn't a weapon. This is just to see if these guys are advanced enough to actually talk to us in person. Uh, and we did not anticipate outside interference. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what he says. And kicks Sam and Daniel out, but keeps going. Yep. Um, yeah, they, they, they just go back to where they were in the forest when yeah. they first touched the stone. And then they go back to the rest of the survivors. Alone, which is a little awkward. He's uh-huh. like, where's Garrowin? Uh. Yeah, so we lost our ear leader. <laughs> and Jack's like, cool, where's the weapon? And Daniel's like, mm. uh, About that. I, mean, I think his words were, I, uh, and Jack goes, I, what, Daniel? <laughs> <laughs> where is it? Yeah, so basically before too much can happen in that discussion, the Jaffa and the Harrower show up. Like, hey, we know where you are and we're gonna kill all of you. Get out here. Never mind how. To be fair, they were kind of closing it this whole time, so I guess it was it was kinda like mentioned that they didn't have a lot of time in that cave. Yeah. Um, and basically they say that hey, if the new people surrender, we won't kill all your women and children. Right. There's a moment where Jack distinctly looks at a kid like uh, and he's like fine so they all they all submit and everything and they're starting to be walked back um and daniel says like something about oh at least the weather's nice it's a good day to die right and i love that because that just brings my note for here which is i um i think i've mentioned this at least once but hopefully but in star trek deep space nine Worf, the character Worf, he yeah. gets command briefly of the ship defiance which is this tiny little warship. Mm-hmm. Literally, it's a warship. It's designed for that. Um, and then in Star Trek First Contact, it's briefly shown in the battle against the Borg, getting its ass handed to it. Uh-huh. And it's great because it shows it getting hammered, right? And then it shows the interior for a moment, and it's Worf, and he's like, everyone's been thrown around. He's just kind of getting up, and he's like, trying to get his console to work, and it's not. He's pounding his fist out, he goes, ah! Perhaps today is a good day to die. And then he looks at his, you know, uh, con and goes, ramming speed. And his pilot's just got this face in his pilot. The human pilot's just like, yay. <laughs> <laughs> he's got this great face. Or just for a moment, he's like, 
I knew this fucking would happen where I got a Klingon for a yeah, captive. Yeah. This is not to be racist, but fucking Klingon. God <laughs> damn it. <laughs> yeah, what were you expecting, really? Right? But it's really great because his face is like, he does it. Great. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's cool. We have escape pods. <laughs> it's great because his face, that's what his face is. His face is like, we have escape pods, but in, sure. <laughs> in Worf's defense. Picard has also said the same exact. Well, not like he's yeah. he's had the same. And Nemesis, he literally does yes. ram the yes, ship. Exactly. He literally rams I the I love that moment. That is so good. Okay. I'm honestly, I'm just sad with myself because I remember the name of the bad guy's ship from it with Nemesis. I was like the Savitar. Like, how do I remember I don't that? Remember it's been that. years. I just proud of myself, but also a little ashamed at the same time. The things I can't remember, but sure, yeah, I can remember I, the name of that. I love that, like, he's definitely thinking, like, this is what I get from being on a ship with a Klingon. Right. But it's like, no, Worf learned that from watching a human. Right. <laughs> yeah, the only thing that's better, that's my favorite scene ever, though, is because it's great, because it's just, you know, the Klingon, you know, Methodist, perhaps today is a good day. Yeah. To and I just love it because later on, when they, after they rescue him, um, you know, because Enterprise, of course, swoops yeah. and save the day and saves everybody. And then later, you know, we're saying, he's a defiance, you know, still, defiance, still, all right. He goes, yeah, it's there, beat up but salvageable. And Riker looks over and goes, tough little ship. And Worf goes back, little. <laughs> <laughs> Bitch. <laughs> He's just, little. <laughs> I love Worf. so mad. Worf is so good. So much indignance in such a short little syllable, just little. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so Daniel says, at least it's a nice day outside, it's a good day to die, and then as soon as he says that, there's thunder, and he's like, okay, maybe not. Maybe not. (laughs) And then they all kind of stop, because, like, like, thunder and storm noises just start coming in, like, more and more, loud, louder and louder, and everyone stops, and everyone's looking around. Jack's the one person looking in the other direction from yeah, the rest he's like, of the team. What's going on? So that when the sky darkens and a ship starts to come down out of it, Daniel has to slap his back and be like, this way. Go <laughs> <Goes> right. <laughs> so basically, an Asgard ship comes down out of the sky and wipes out the gold attack force, all except Heru Ur, who we distinctly see walk through the Stargate on his own. Yes. They do quite a long take on that, just to make sure you see it. Yeah. He has time to look, regard everything. Doesn't even look that upset, just like, yeah, just like well, well alright, bye. You're all expendable. <laughs> Peace. Yep. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so he dips, uh, Asgard wipes out the gold, and then Garwin is sent back down, and uh, she basically tells the, the team, she's like, hey, uh, Thor said you guys, like us, are still too young. Yeah. And the team's just, like, so tired of hearing this phrase that you just see all Jack's of their faces. Jack's face just, yeah, I mean, all of them. Too. All of their faces I are like, really? Particularly like Jack's. <laughs> Daniels looked pretty annoyed too, because he had to talk to Thor first. Right. And he's just and and this this is the this is the part of this episode where I'm like, that is bullshit. Because they set up that test to figure out if you are ready to talk to them. Yep. And Sam and Daniel passed it. You said, well, it's because it's it was meant for the people who developed here. Is it maybe? Yeah, I know. You you tried you tried to do the devil's yeah. advocate yeah. thing. And I was like, no, that doesn't work. You set up a test to test the wisdom and, like, emotional maturity, growth, whatever, of a people to talk to you and to have interactions and relationship with you. Yeah. Where they developed 
doesn't change how smart or wise they are. Yeah. So the fact that they passed your test means that they, by your own ruling of your test, are old enough to talk to you. It mm -hmm. is bullshit. Yeah, I you're right. don't accept this ending <laughs> to this episode. If you didn't want to have the Asgard be their close allies this early, this episode shouldn't have happened now. I mean, you're not... Don't yeah, accept you got, it. You, you have a good point. <laughs> it is great, because you just see him come in, and then he literally just descends, whoop, boop, <laughs> just gone. Yeah, exactly. Just he just, like, vaporizes the gold. He doesn't even, like... Yeah. Yada yada's all done, dude. and their ships have existence, just with a few beams. <laughs> Which, dude, the one good thing about this episode is it threw me for a fucking loop, because it shows me that the apparently all the wraith sound effects from SGA... Oh, uh, yeah, SGA, that's true. They were absolutely... Uh, all the cycled Asgard sound effects. Yeah. I didn't ever notice it before. I ever caught it. Now, here's a question I have for you, because the CGI in this episode isn't great. Did they actually destroy the ship, or just yeah, the gold? Yeah, they all... No, 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 no. All the people, all the Jafar and they all just, like, vanish, poof, with these stroke, right? And then, and then, they, like, went, like, an eraser, almost, okay, on the pyramid right. ships, which then, like, heat melted out of existence. I, I must have been <laughs> But not, like, melting, melting, more like vaporized melting. I must have been looking down when they were vaporizing yeah. the ships, because like, I saw... They're, the, like, evaporated out of existence. I saw the weird. people get zapped, and I was like, do they just have a blue rinse bioweapon? Like, Honestly, the fairies? Fairies? Yeah, no, it's like a blue rinse on the people, but, like, evaporation yeah. down on the, on the pyramid ship. It's a it's an extremely convenient weapon considering how those oh, yeah. ships are rapidly destroyed. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, the Asgard are supposed to be wildly right, powerful, but, but still, which is why it's Ugh. too early for the SG one yeah. to have them yeah. as friends. No, no it's, it's but it's still yeah. like like I said, I don't accept that you're still too young. Nah. You set up a test, they passed it. Yeah, it was mostly just because they weren't prepared for a uh, towery. They were just they were expecting Sumerians. They, it just, let's just call it what it was. The Asgard weren't prepared for the Towery. And so they pretended it was because you're not prepared for us. Yeah, exactly. Because they were like, it's going to take the Sumerians much longer yeah. to... Yeah. They weren't they, prepared for the Towery. They wanted a nap. They were like, hey, yeah, they we were, were as it turns out, they have their own shit to go. We yeah, that's, that's fair. <laughs> but it's still, like I said, I don't accept this answer. Yeah, nah, you're good. But yeah, so that's the end of the episode. Because that's how it ends. Yep. With, you're still too young. Which Peace. is more fucking bullshit. But okay, that's how it ends. Whatever. I'm out. <laughs> huh. I was so mad about that. <laughs> okay, so... Nobody dies. No. I mean, Daniel drowned. tried. He tried. He tried real hard. He was ready to do it. But nobody died. Um... Oh. How do we feel about this episode? Um... I... Yes, I'll give it a thumbs up. I'm honestly leaning towards meh. It's pretty meh. We completely forgot about this episode. It's not a good introduction for the Asgard. I think it's a bad it's introduction. A, yeah, because you've completely... We forgot about it. We forgot about it as an episode. And yeah. also... I always think of the I, later one where he goes, you've taken the first steps towards becoming the fifth race. I always think of that one as the yeah. Asgard episode. Oh, that because that's a good one. Yeah. Because that's a really good yeah. one. I always think of that one. I think what definitely tips it over into meh, it's definitely, I, it's not a bad episode. I yeah, and that's why that I said far. I guess it's good, because yeah. I wasn't going to say, it's because it, the thing is, it's not a bad no. episode. So I guess by nature of that, it has to be good, but no, I forgot meh's an option. Yeah, we meh. do have meh. No, I'm um, meh. Yeah, meh. absolutely. Let's do it. Yeah, what def definitely tips it over into meh and nowhere else for me is the end, because yeah. it's such a bullshit end. I mean... You'll see me here very loudly not disagreeing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, are you a Jack or a Daniel this episode? Um, I guess I'm a Daniel. Uh, yeah, because I wouldn't be Jack in this one. I, I was, 
nothing about D- Jack specific. He didn't do anything really distinctively yeah. personality-wise. I, again, it's more like a, in the sense of there's nothing that screams Team Jack, I guess I'm Daniel by process of elimination. I'm definitely Daniel, and I actually have, like, Shit. points where Let's I'm like, everything. this is definitely me. Yeah. Is all of the points where, like, he starts, um talking about the Hall of Might, and Jack's like, is this really time for right, yeah. And he just gives him the dirtiest fucking look. Right, that would be like, me in a heartbeat. You, Especially because, hey, that's what my job on this team is, asshole. It's literally mythology. Yes, it is time for it. This is what I am paid to do. What the fuck? Yeah. So yeah, that moment especially, I'm like, oh, I'm Daniel. I even told you in that yeah. moment when that scene happened, I'm like, oh, I guess I'm Daniel. There you go, yeah. Honestly, I'm just, yeah, I, I, I'm of a similar, not, not as much of an, you know, outright yeah. thing as you, but close enough, so I'll take it, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take the same. Well, I'm also, um, the history and mythology nerd. Excuse you, history. And mythology, I said combined. Okay. Because I spent every year of my uh, elementary and middle school, I spent a new year being obsessed with a new mythology. Yeah, no, we bonded on this. Yeah. So I just, yeah, no, I feel you. I got you. Um, so we're both Daniel, because we're both offended by the question of, do we really <laughs> yeah. need this right now? Yes, we fucking need this right now. We're fi- fighting someone who calls himself Heru Ur. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, that's it for this week. That was fast. Yeah, we didn't think it was going to be... Yeah. As soon as... Between Catherine Powers and the fact that we're like, what episode is this? Right. <laughs> we didn't think it was going to be that long of a recording. Nope. Next week is another one I don't recognize at all. Uh, Message in a Bottle. Oh, I remember that one. This one is one... It's it, You know what? It's kind of like Thor's Chariot, where I recognize the title immediately. Yeah, no, it took me a second. But okay. I, I cannot connect what happens okay. in it. It's okay. It's okay. From what I remember, it's okay. Nothing. It's not. It's not great. It's not bad. From what I remember. So well, good. we had like what it took me a six. But I actually can in a, remember it. We so. had five episodes in a row that were all bangers. It's yeah. okay for there to be a couple of slow ones in the middle. Oh yeah, like I said, there's gonna always be filler episodes in twenty episodes uh, seasons. So especially because we're about to have the two parter Topher soon. There you go. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, so um, that's it for this week. If you want to get a hold of us, you can find me on Twitter at it's Mel not Liss, and Liss at it's Liss not Mel. Or our podcast Twitter at Point of Origin PC. You can also email us at pointoforigincast at gmail.com or write something on the side of a tissue box and toss it through the nearest wormhole. As long as we don't have the lens up, we'll be able to find it. Iris. You keep saying lens. Iris. I always call it lens. Iris. You can find links to the things we talked about during the show in the show notes. And if you like the show, don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. Thank you for joining us on our incursion through the iris. And until next time.